This podcast is brought to you by Two More Reps Coffee Beans. Get your two more reps with this natural pre-workout. Buy your bag at twomoreps.com.au. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today I've got another great guest with me. I seem to have some some luck in that department. Jay Acharya is the ICN India President. He's also an ICN uh, physique professional. Um, and obviously this earlier this year we spoke uh, to him in India, uh, along with another couple of the crew members about um, the success of the show from Bangalore. We were heading into Delhi, so we've had two shows already this year. We had one in 2019, and we've got two shows coming up. And I wanted to chat to him in effectively what is an off-season for him in regards to uh, what's happened after the first two shows, what's coming up, what's planned for the future, and just the state of the sport in India in general, which is it's very exciting given the population and the popularity of natural bodybuilding over there. So... Without further ado, let's have a chat to Jay and find out all things natural bodybuilding in India. Computer. All right, Jay Charya, ICN India President. Welcome, my man. How are you going? Fantastic. Thank you, Paulie, for having me back on this amazing podcast again. No problem. This is like your third time, mate. You're becoming a, a semi-regular now. I'm a regular. I yeah, I know. I can, um, a little wary soon. <laughs> you might have to start sending me an invoice or something for your time. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Well, we've obviously had a very busy year. Um, you know, you've knocked out two shows uh, earlier this year in uh, in Bangalore and Delhi. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity leading into the second half of the year where we've got obviously two more coming up over there to talk about just how it all went, um, the feedback, um, what you've been up to in the meantime, because obviously, you know, we, we started in 2019 and we got basically squashed by COVID. So we kind of lost a lot of momentum and a lot of drive from that. But, um, you know, all the being on the ground, I got to see firsthand how excited everyone was to be back on stage again and, and just have such an amazing experience. So so talk us through, obviously, once you got back to Australia, how it all unfolded and, um, you know, the feedback and just what you've been up to. Yeah, cool. Well, like you said, Paul, you know, uh, 2019 was great. We built up this momentum. COVID then came and just... Squashed yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> building that was what our focus was this year. And as you saw, we did rebuild it fairly well. Yeah. Um, both shows, Bangalore and Delhi, obviously, we started from a shell. So as opposed to getting an auditorium, you know, it was just a complete fit out and build. And we did things uh, probably the harder way, a lot would say, rather than just going into an auditorium. We built it the way we wanted it. Yep. And... Um, I think it was very successful. The shows were a success with regards to the feedback, which we'll yep. speak about in a moment. Um, the reception of how the athletes felt cared for, the family vibe the team gave off, and of course the professionalism of the show, especially compared to how other Indian shows are run. And mm. again, not putting down any other federations. Uh, that's not the point here, but the point is that we're bringing a product, we're bringing a production that is looking at all aspects of everything and, you know, making sure that we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's, so to speak. So Absolutely. Both shows, Bangalore was great. Delhi was fantastic. Obviously, you were there managing the backstage and you saw the the chaos, the organised chaos. That <laughs> uh, 
So just coming back, bro, you know, it was, it was wild. The amount of messages that we were getting, the feedback that, look, that was the best show we've ever experienced. You guys need to do more. Um, that was great. Like, how can we be a part of it? Hey, we might've taken something 10, 15 years ago. Can we be a part of the stage? Like, there's just so many things and so many questions coming into it or competed before. Um, and we want to get into it. Are we eligible? Can we take part in one shows or five shows or 10 shows? How, How does it all work? So there's just so much information, I guess, that we need to collate. And yep. get out there. Yep. Um, on top of that, Paulie, the big one is the drug testing as well, right? So what we've been working on and is still in the final stages of now is our results management process. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I can pride our team on for IC in India uh, is that we are probably the number one tested federation in the world, you know, from the polygraphs to how much genuine water testing we actually did. Um, so it's a long it's a long process. It's yeah, not okay. as simple as do the drug test, the results come back, and that's it. Um, the whole results management has to come back to that. The scoring from the judges, you know, that was all unofficial. It's only official after we declare the results, the press release that we're going to have to do. Um, and if inclusive of that, the positives, if there's any positive tests, a lot of things change because all of a sudden that could mean that an overall title changes. It could mean Absolutely. that... Vision changes, the placings get moved around. Uh, and then, of course, we've got to put it out to the public, essentially, mm. when the competed, that this has happened. Uh, there has been positive drug tests. Yep. And I can say that right now without releasing too much, that it, we have got quite a number for Bangalore and for Delhi as well. Wow. And so right now the process is that we've sent out the official letters. Um, they get three options, essentially, how they're going to contest it, if they're going to get contested, if they're going to do a retest, because we always take a sample A and a sample B. Yes. Um, and if they're going to otherwise accept the sanction against them as well. So we're waiting back for that. And it's not until every single person replies that we can actually release things because the results are obviously unofficial until that date. Gotcha. That's what we've been dealing with for the last almost three to four weeks. So, yeah, we got the results back, um, started getting the results back step by step for both the shows, um, normally within 10 to 14 days of the show happening. Okay. Don't get them all back in one hit either. So yeah, right. Two or three this week, and then you might not hear anything the next week, and then you get another two or three, and then all of a sudden you get one back, and that one is a positive, and they say that we've found an adverse analytical finding. Oh, wow. The process of that. So. Coming back to Australia, it was wild because on one side, we had all these questions, we had all of this hype, and then we also had this admin back-end stuff to deal with as well that we're still processing now to get out. But um, hopefully, you know, within the next uh, week to 10 days, uh, so a week and a half, I'd say, business days-wise, we start actually putting out the results. And again, that's a very fine line. I know a couple of the federations like to name and shame. Yeah, I was going to ask that, yeah. So with this, it's like how do we do this the right way without completely ruining the athlete's life? Because again, it goes back to a lot of athletes probably that are listening to coaches that are uneducated back there. Mm. And again, no offense to the coaches or the PTs, the trainers, you know, we're not trying to put anyone down, but what we're saying is there is a serious lack of knowledge and it's kind of just like, Hey, take this. It's not a steroid, but it's a diuretic. Little does the athlete know that it's a banned diuretic, for example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, um, putting that out in a way and we want to do it in a way where we let people know without letting them know exactly who it was. I mean, it's going to be obvious when you say that this 
uh, category or this division. There's some changes due to drug testing. Of course. People are it out. I mean, it's not rocket science. But yep. in fact, we don't want to say, hey, it was this athlete. He took this and it's his fault. He's a bad person. Yeah. Everyone give him hate. And I think managing that is a very fine line. I can imagine, yeah. That's that's exactly right because, like you said, it could be an inadvertent mistake they've made due to poor advice, but they unfortunately have to wear the, the cost of that, don't they? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. wow. Um, it's heartbreaking, Paulie. I mean, you're an athlete, you're a coach, you understand what we go through, you're going through the hard yards now, so to speak. Yeah. You know? And it's like you're taking advice from someone who you believe to be a, an expert and if they've given you the advice that, hey, look, this isn't a steroid and this is this, or take this fat burner, it's going to help with this on show day. Uh, for the athlete, it's like, okay, I'll do what you're saying. That's what I've hired you to do. And of course, when it happens, it's a, a lot of fingers get pointed, I'm sure. And it's very disgruntling for the athlete, no doubt. But then the coach, their family members as well. So just handling the situation is how we're trying to do it the right way without that name and shame process. Um, Yep. So we've just been working out the, the results management side of things with that. So essentially that's one of the many things that we've been doing uh, since getting back. Wow. Um, you know, so just juggling that, that's probably our priority at the moment, just to finalize the results for Bangalore and Delhi. Yep. And then, of course, move ahead. And um, as you know, Mumbai is coming up soon. It is. It yep. is. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. So in, just going back to the um, – uh, the, the process of obviously managing these these drug testing results. Obviously, this is effectively the first comprehensive time you had to do this, so you're going to be setting a standard moving forward. So I guess that's why the decision is so so uh, important, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's also setting up that result management process that we can follow through with every time, as you've kind of just you know highlighted. Yeah. Uh, we don't want it to be different every time. Every time there should be a proper process. Okay. Uh, and there should be a right for the athlete to come back with whatever they believe. So, again, innocent till proven guilty. Of course. Yep. And yeah, then, absolutely. You know, there's been times here, even Australia, I've looked at some of the WADA cases in Australia or America as well, where a lot of athletes have tested positive for just a substance. It could be a fat burner or a pre-workout that you get off the shelf, yep. uh, which is pretty scary to think because you, you wouldn't even know, let alone a coach's um advice and perspective that, hey, you can take this, just taking it to yourself that we think, hey, they're, they're on sale at retail stores, you know. Something that's that's right. This could, this is going to help me, but is it going to test positive? You just don't know, and it's kind no. of scary. Um, what I was leading to was the fact that when I was doing a little bit of research on previous cases worldwide in bodybuilding and fitness modeling, um, a lot of people have tested positive. They've gone back and got their B sample tested, and that was positive. And then they get another option called the IRMS, and that's super expensive. It's a, it's a different type of uh, test that they go really in-depth with. I You're don't right. know that's behind it, but basically that's cleared a lot of people's names. And it's obviously further vindicated, no, they, you have taken stuff. So then these people come back, and you know it, they are proven that, look, they haven't actually had a banned substance. It's fine as well. So it, there's a lot in in. I guess, collating the information, getting it out. Paulie, and what I'm trying to, I guess, allude to is that at the end of the day, we've got to have a process that we try to follow through. Every yep. time we try improving the process as well, but that template stays the same. So, um, you know, for Mumbai, we'll apply the same protocols. Yep. Delhi and Noel will apply the same protocols. And then next year, the same as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, look, it's 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 great that you're obviously setting such a high standard. You know, it's obviously... Um, then going to be, um, I guess, 
more, more well known and more respected for doing so. You know, it, it's interesting. I, I was talking to Brandon the other day just about obviously leading into these shows because he's obviously coaching me. And um, it's so easy because a lot of these major supplements are made in massive factories. So there's, there's the possibility of cross contamination, you know. So it's so, so simple for an ingredient to get into the wrong batch or just, you know, something like that happen. And all of a sudden you're taking something you think is clean if you haven't checked it. It's got something, just one item in there that's, uh, that's creating a positive result. So, yeah, you've really got to do your research and just uh, ensure that um, you're getting the, the correct advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then even just doing your due diligence, um, going onto the water band list, because yeah. there's even a lot of herbs in there that yeah. you can't take, you know. And, um, again, if you're going to compete, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. Um, it is. And you should know what you're taking if you're getting supplements from a supplement store. Um, make sure you know what's in there. Yep. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking anabolics or anything like that. No, no, that's exactly but right. You just want to be wary of what you're taking. And if you are close to a competition, is it worth potentially risking six months of hard work? Yeah. Potentially testing positive? You know? That's exactly right. It's not, well, in my opinion, it's not, but, you know, each to their own, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, as you just mentioned, mate, Mumbai is coming up. Um, so, Mumbai and then in, into uh, the big one, the Goa show, which I'm assuming is going to be just off the charts. Um, so, what's what's the lead up like into Mumbai? What's the, the, the interest, like, you know, because obviously anyone listening, or the majority of people listening to this don't know India too well in terms of where all the populations sit and the, the different cultures and things like that. Now, you've told me that Mumbai is more, it's more Bollywood, it's more um, theatrical and arty and, and that sort of uh, type of population. So are they going to embrace natural bodybuilding like the other cities have? I think they definitely will, Paulie. Um, Mumbai is kind of like New York on a lot of pre-workout. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> so, you know, for, for people to relate, New York's hectic. You know, there's lots yeah. of foot traffic, buzzing, it's vibrant at all hours of yeah. night and the day. It doesn't really stop. And Mumbai is the same way. And yeah, wow. uh, the city has a way about it, you know, where it's believed as the city of dreams, so to speak. Okay. So, right. A lot of people travel to Mumbai to pursue their acting career, their uh, theatrical career. It might be for fitness modeling. It might be for general modeling. You know, they're, yeah, they're wow. on all of the other... Uh, villages and states to try and get into this industry. So it's absolutely wild, Paulie. Um, I think bodybuilding ties in quite largely there because whether you're getting on stage or whether you're getting into a shoot, a lot of the time you need a good physique. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, even for a lot of the actors, they, they pride themselves on their physiques over there. So Bollywood or Mumbai is essentially a place where people have worked quite hard for their physiques. It's not just about you know, your acting skill. It's also about the physical appearance of how you look, the aesthetics as well. Of course. So I would say between Mumbai and Delhi, really, that's where bodybuilding would have started and taken off in a big way, especially with Mumbai. Yeah, okay. Um, and so I, it has been really receptive. A lot of people are excited to come to Mumbai, come to the city and travel and take part. So after going live with Mumbai, you know, we, we already had great momentum based on mm -hmm. what we did off the back of the other two shows. Um we've had a lot of interest come through and the registrations came through quite fast. So they're gradually rising uh, every few days. We're seeing some good spikes come up. So yep. I'm expecting Mumbai to be a pretty good show, a pretty good show. Excellent. Unreal. Unreal. Will there be anything different um, compared to the other two? Because obviously the other two were somewhat template, somewhat 
you know, you find your find your feet and, and and improve each time. So now we've had a bit of downtime between them. What can we expect in terms of improvements? Um, you know, the experience for the athlete, anything like that that you're working on? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we we love taking all the feedback that we got and really using it to again develop that core product. You know, yep. which is the athlete. So by the athlete for the athlete. So delivering a better show is what we're focused on, and that's literally all around whether it be from the welcoming process or chatting to them online to getting them into competing explaining everything is um you know being worked on currently something we're doing different poorly for mumbai is that we're working out of an auditorium first oh cool okay yeah nice yeah so rather than that empty shell that we fit out we've got an auditorium so again it's maybe a massive learning curve because we've kind of become used to having things where we want them exactly. Yes. For backstage, you know, we've always built up big backstages for India uh, in anticipation that the numbers will keep growing and growing and growing and getting people used to that backstage culture of getting food, interacting with other coaches. And just quickly might I ask, uh, add, mm. that video you did the other day for IC in India, it was very well recepted because that's something that we are trying to set, you know, your sportsmanship backstage etiquette. Yeah, so, Absolutely off track of what I was speaking about. But I no, no, that's right. That's a part of the vision, Paulie. Yep. Um, India didn't really have that. I know with the other the shows, the other federations, it's kind of like backstage. You you stick within your own group or just your coach, if that, or you barely talk unless you really know someone and you guys have known each other for years. But yep. I'm trying to author this etiquette of, you know, people having fun, being sportsmanlike, but also having that interaction with people they don't know. Hey, how are you? Like you said, going up, shaking their hand, introducing themselves to you or other athletes and just commending each other on the hard work and effort they've put in. That's the kind of community atmosphere that we're trying to build because there's just longevity in that. There's a vibe about it and it makes it intoxicating, so to speak, of that experience, not just of getting on stage and the lights, the camera, the action, so to speak, but um, even backstage, or interaction of meeting new potential lifelong friends and yeah. and meeting potentially, you know, uh, a new team that you're like, wow, they look fantastic and they've, they've given me something to strive towards. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Adding all of that together. So that's, that's something we're really focused on, but the logistics are going to be different this time again, because we're in an auditorium, right? So mm. Out the front, we've got a lot of great space. At the back, it's not bad. We've got dedicated areas as well. Okay. But just working that. So that's something different that's coming in. In terms of actual improvements, again, just focusing on what the athletes had wanted, you know, um, something that we didn't know and we worked out now is that in India, it's all about what you get on paper as well. Mm. It was great. But a lot of the athletes actually wanted the certificates to say that. Okay. And... When I found this out, we already had planned for the certificates. Actually, I knew about this from 2019. So I had sat down with the team um, and said, look, we're going to get certificates for each and every single athlete. And so we sent those out. Now, a lot of the team members who were managing my Instagram, they came back and said, Jay, sir, there's a bit of an uproar. And I said, what happened? And they said, look, there's athletes that are saying, we got our participation certificate, but it doesn't have our placing, what we took part in. Oh, okay. essentially add in what category they took part in and what their placing was. And it turns out that they use these certificates poorly, not just for a piece of, hey, this is who I am, what I've done, yep. but it's to universities to go overseas and travel, to get into sports management facilities. Um, it's literally a part of their resume. Wow. So whether they're going from their undergrad degree to a master's or even going for 
um, their doctorate. You know, they use this certificate to showcase that I have experience, broader experience within the fitness industry. I've competed, this is what I've placed. And they utilize that to go forward. So um, that was something that we learned. So obviously in terms of progress and learning, next time we'll make sure that that's the first thing that's delivered out to all of the athletes. Yep. Uh, show. Uh, we learned a few things about the photo packages as well. Obviously we usually use Darren Olsen to come over um, and managing that side of things. But because of COVID and him not being able to make it over, he um, we, we had to use two new photographers. So yep. another thing that I found out and being very transparent here is that whilst we got amazing photos um, and great little mini clips, uh, the positioning of the photographers could have been better. And when I say positioning, I don't mean literally where they were, but how I kind of guided and instructed them. I'd given them instructions, but obviously even their first time doing this, they didn't get the shots I wanted exactly. So uh, okay, it's, it's, it's about the numbers as well. So one photographer I need behind the judges who's constantly static and he's just taking wide angles. Then I need another photographer who is front and center, maybe just in front of the judges, but he takes individual shots of each athlete as well. Yep. And then we need the backstage photographer as well to capture those moments. And then one videographer who's um, not static. He's moving around, running around. He can capture a bit of everything so the clips can come through. So between both the shows, those were learning curves. Um, okay. Understand that, cool, we did this well here, but we didn't have this here and vice versa. Yep. So we know exactly coming into Mumbai in terms of what we need to deliver post-show, um, in terms of the content that we need to capture during the show. Because again, Paulie, the content's absolutely key for oh, of course. sport and really getting it out to the public, right? If we don't capture what was done, what was taken part, what the different poses or the athletes look like per category, we can't really get it out there on the social media. And what I'm learning is the social media is key at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's I can imagine. Key, especially for India to tap into. So, that's why early this year I, I finished a little uh, social media marketing course as well, which gave me, gave me great insights into how to actually understand and apply things. Yep. Um, but this just further builds on it that if you have that content there and there's a recommendation even from the athletes that, hey, we love the photos, but we would have loved to see this, this, and this. Yep. Um, it, it gives us something to work towards and deliver a better package for the, the coming shows. Well, that's it, isn't it? Like it, it, each each show gives you an opportunity to learn and grow and expand and improve the next one. So you know, every single time there's a new show over there, it, it's it's going to be you know ten times better than what the previous one was, just due to that learning ability and the and the the um the feedback and the you know the things you're picking up on the go and everything like that. So you know, imagine what it'd be like in five years' time. We off the off the hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. I think another thing we have to look at, Paulie, as well, is that we're delivering these shows. And again, based on the feedback from professionals as well that have come and visited and been doing this for 10 plus years, they said we've done a fantastic job. Mm. Uh, and we're trying to compare ourselves in our second and third show to experts who have been doing it for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. You know, that's a little bit of where the discrepancy is. But in saying that, we're just striving and aiming so high, but we're getting there and we're delivering better shows every single time. Yep. We're becoming more and more efficient. I think another thing that we learned, Paul, you know, I'm sure you can agree, is that we need to be really firm in certain states for the backstage to make <laughs> sure that, you know, we can run perfectly to the time set because I'm sure you, you had a blast um, chasing up athletes, making sure they're in line, getting ready for the stage. Oh, I don't think it would have been as bad if I wasn't as hungry and fatigued as I was. <laughs> I think I would have managed it a bit better. But, yeah, it, it, it was certainly a... um 
like because there was such a vast difference between Bangalore and Delhi in regards to that. Like Delhi, was, they were just so chilled and relaxed backstage that they there was just no urgency or accountability in terms of oh yeah, I need to be here at this point. Or you'd, you'd usher them over to the cause for people at home. There were a couple of backstage areas. You'd usher them over to there. And say okay, stay here. You're up in you know two two things time. And then I'd go and count heads. And next thing you know, they were all wandering off doing something. Else. Like yeah, it was just I I. I it, I didn't get frustrated or angry because I knew that's just the the nature of the beast. It's just how how the culture is. But um, yeah, it was certainly challenging at times, that's for sure. Definitely. And so you know, we've got some points and feedback there as well, which obviously we'll discuss as a team um, about what you think and how we can add that in and further develop the states, which are a little bit more laid back, so to speak, <laughs> and kind of fix or alleviate those uh, options. The other one is that we just give you a lock and key, mate, and you lock them into the different layers. Hey, you're not leaving. More for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that keeps them there and keeps them from running late. I'm happy with that. <laughs> but no, look, there's um, there's multiple aspects. And again, as a team, I do want to get together, um, whether it be again a Zoom call after this or um, yep. not not literally after this, but, you know, yep. after um, we have this discussion that I'll, I've got notes that, all of us as a team need to go over mm. feedback of, hey, this is what some athletes said about the backstage, the front of stage, the admin side with the girls, and this is what we can improve on. And just coming together and, again, as a team, delivering the best product that we can. So far, yeah. we've gone from here to here to here. Um, yeah. How can we keep that going up? And how can we keep delivering something that really um, is just personable for each and every single athlete? And that's the feedback that's probably stuck with everyone the most is that how family oriented we are and how much of a feel we give like each and every person felt as if they were respected they were looked after they weren't just a number um you know just the basics of you saying hi hello getting photos with them pumping them up getting them up on stage helping out wherever you can dad uh sunny in the background as well us just recognizing the athletes at the front chatting to them like all of that is stuff that hasn't been happening it's just kind of like other federations or shows, it's like you go there, you struggle for the registration process for a couple of hours. It's like, hurry up, get this, go. Just a number. It. Yep, give us our yeah. money, come next day. And then there's no real care for the athletes, you know. There's yeah. no water backstage. There's just no basic attention to what an athlete requires and if they need yeah. any help and care. So just improving on what we're already good at, but then also fixing up some of the weaker aspects and just delivering a good show. And then that would lead us into Goa, Yes, right. we'll be quite well equipped for, you know, a wild show, and I'm hoping we can break some records for yep. Indian numbers and possibly even beyond. That's exciting. That's exciting. Now, I guess just going back to your previous point there about the the feedback and the and the I guess the intimate attention to detail in regards to what the athlete experiences. You know, I, I questioned you on the previous podcast we did while we're sitting in Bangalore there um, about having an Australian crew. You know, it still sort of baffled me to a point because obviously it would be more cost-effective to have local people, but it kind of does make sense when we're talking, you know, all of us, not only myself, but, you know, the judging panel, yourself, your family, we've all been in and around bodybuilding for so many years now that we know the highs and lows. We know, I guess, what the athlete wants, what they expect, um, but what the finer details mean as well. You know, it's it, it's it's such a lengthy journey to get to stage and you, you sacrifice so much. You want to have the best experience possible, don't you? So if you can have people there that uh, understand that and empathise with that situation, it only makes for a better experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the athletes, everyone wants to win, right? It's That's, that's a given. That's why we're, we're com- competing and jumping up on stage. But 
I think every athlete, the the core need that they want, Paulie, is just to be recognized for their hard work. Absolutely. And I feel like if you can, even if they don't win, but you recognize that athlete individually for the hard work and effort that they've put in, you know, the, the years of training, the months of dieting, the minutes of stage, yep. and you can respect that, I think that's what really resonates. And um, that's the difference. And if you can show them that love and respect that, hey, we take our hats off to you, we've done it ourselves and we know how hard it is. So that's that's something that I think truly translates over to them as, wow, I see an India genuinely cares for us and the crew is amazing, they're helpful, there's no egotistical maniacs, it's not like they're Westerners coming from Australia, putting their feet up on the judging table, looking down at us while they smoke a cigar, so to speak, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, and the backstage crew, it's not like they're sitting in a golden chair where we have to kind of beg them to get up on stage. Like, all of us are so... Yeah. That's why I'm super proud and happy with the team that we have. I, I genuinely believe we've got the best team in the world. Cool. Um, everyone thinks that about their team, and if they don't, well, they don't have the right team. But for us, with the delivery and the package that we've done and what we're continuing to do, we just have everyone there who genuinely cares for the athletes. And I think that stems from us understanding the process and being yeah. around um, well-run shows for so many years and going through things ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. So, leading into Goa now, obviously you, you're expecting big things. You're, you're attached to the Connect Festival again like we were in 2019, is that right, on the beach? Yeah, um, yep. it, it was such a cool experience just, um, you know, walking down that, um, I don't know, that pathway or whatever with the massive pitches and the tents and the oh, there was a Muay Thai cage and there was just, it was just all going on. It was crazy. And I'm, assu- I'm assuming, and from what I've seen so far, this one's going to be even bigger. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, um, FIDA is organizing the Connect Festival and they're just trying to go all out. Our goal this time is to really, you know, solidify Connect Festival every year and make it a flagship event for, uh, natural fitness worldwide. And that's the true goal. It's not just for India. It's literally called Connect for a reason that we're trying to bring people in mm. to connect and network and experience health, fitness, fun, fashion all together with like-minded people. And again, the vibe and the energy that that creates, it just ripples. You know, oh, yeah. With what we're aiming for with IC in India, of course, is trying to really break records, as I said, and yep. get out there that, look, you can have fun naturally. You can be natural. And there is a lot of platforms or lots of categories, sorry, available for you within our platform. Yep. So something that we're really focused on, again, this is related to the feedback as well, is that we're trying to give all shapes and sizes within context of natural fitness, of course. Of course. Uh, the ability to get on stage and showcase their hard work, whether that be from a recent transformation, whether it be uh, a mother wanting to compete in bikini, whether it be mm. plus 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus, 70 plus, 80 plus, or 90 plus, you know, we're trying to provide as much uh, opportunities for athletes to get on stage and give them different categories. And again, if there's a little bit of religious restriction or there's still a bit of an orthodox type of mindset within a certain family that, hey, no, we don't want getting up in a bikini, yep. we've got other categories like the Miss Runway, the Miss Swimsuit, the Miss Street Model, where they can still get up and showcase their fitness, fashion, and live that type of lifestyle and have fun with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm really trying to expose that in a big way in Goa because there's going to be so many people there doing so many activities and they'll be rotating everywhere, experiencing this. I want people to experience what uh, IC in India has to offer. And I think the impact will be great during the show, but it's more after the show probably with Goa 
where so many people in masses see what's actually happening that they'll go next year. Oh, wow, that was fantastic. Not only mm-hmm. do we want to go next year, but also we know that ICN has these categories. So when we do deliver other shows earlier in the year, they might want to take part or they might have friends or family that they recommend to take part. Yep. And again, continues that growth. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I suppose that's the advantage of, of it being India with so many people. Um, like I think you said uh, early on, you know, you only need to capture sort of one to two percent of the population, and you're going to be uh, you're going to be going pretty strong with numbers, aren't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, one other focus, Paulie, is the ratio of men to women. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Actually, yeah, I found that really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of obviously women's participation, do you um you mentioned religious beliefs? You mentioned obviously the old school Orthodox sort of uh, culture. Do you find that um, there's more women reaching out now, having seen the first two shows, and and absolutely. obviously the ones that did participate? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So Mumbai, I think we've got a decent amount of ladies that have come through uh, okay. in comparison to what we had in Bangalore and Delhi. And then for Goa, we've had some great registrations come through and more and more ladies are starting to become aware and confident of the empowerment that we're trying to give them. And it's so funny because I've had this discussion with so many people within India as well, and it's that these ladies who are limited to what they want to do in India, those same ladies, they can come to Australia or go to America, go to Hawaii, and they'll freely wear a bikini and yet they can't do that back home. Yeah, well where I don't want to spoil the culture, so to speak, but I want to give the women the empowerment the platform that they can feel safe, they can feel respected, they can go up there not thinking, well, I'm doing something wrong, but instead showcase how hard they've actually worked, whether they're a mum, 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus, you know. Yeah. And um, we're really trying to emphasize that. I did another live the other day on the Connect page for Instagram. And same thing, we had a lot of questions coming through from the ladies, which was fantastic to see. So I think we've somewhat started scratching the surface poorly. Yep. And the ladies are now starting to go, hmm, hang on, this is great. We've got an opportunity to compete in this, if not this. Um, we can still do this because of this restriction. And I think as we grow that, hopefully we can start at least changing the ratio a little bit. Because mm. I would put that, um, to, to be conservative, it's probably 98% men, 2% women, if that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But obviously, you want to get more more of the, the female athletes up there, as you said, to showcase their hard work. And they've got multiple divisions to choose from to do that in whatever sort of format they want, which is uh, which is encouraging and exciting too. So once we've um, once we've nailed down Goa, and obviously um, you, you can take a breath. Um, What's next on the horizon? Because, you know, as I just mentioned before, the population over India is, is enormous. Um, obviously, there's huge potential for this sport, um, given that it hasn't really had too much exposure before um, in terms of the natural side of things. So what do you foresee in the next 12 to 24 months? Um, what's your vision looking like in terms of what you can actually obviously tell us at the moment? Yeah, for sure. So I guess it's um, taking a step back once we finish the Goa show, and then, again, with the team, having a full discussion of, okay, what did you guys think of all the data across all four shows, how yep. it went, what we delivered, how we improved, um, how the numbers looked, what categories were good, what categories weren't as good or not as popular. Yep. And then coming back with a plan of, okay, what are we going to deliver? My initial plan was, like, I wanted to next year potentially do six to eight shows and the following year eight to 12 shows and get it to a level because we have the population to do so uh, of one show a month almost. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, in saying that, 
we first need to, you know, stick to the basic principles, uh, which is supply and demand. So first we didn't need enough demand to create a show. We don't want to be running these shows that only have 15 to 20 athletes. And thankfully we haven't had that till date. Our numbers have been pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, but I first want to sit back and think, okay, what cities should we go to? Because I'm almost thinking I see in India, whilst we'll have set cities, like the Goa Super Show will always happen every year. Yep. Um, hopefully Mumbai and Delhi will happen, Bangalore hopefully, or if we change areas in the South, I kind of want to do a tour-based um, event. So where we go from different city to city almost every year, at least tick off two or three new cities or at least two new oh, cities. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. They can come and get a flavor for what ICN is. And if it works well, we can make the decision. Cool. We can run a regional show here. Um, if it didn't work too well, cool. We can run another one close enough. Yep. Uh, that works a little bit better. And I kind of want to go from state to state, from city to city and kind of give the experience of what ICN is and really get that word out there. Um, through practicality rather than just speaking about it. Yes. So what I would probably do though, Paulie, is assess at the end of the year which cities we're definitely going to do again and which cities we want to tackle. Uh, again, with the social media, a great tool is that as the following builds, we've built the ICN India page so fantastically now. We're at 10.5 thousand within you know four to five months. Um, we're getting more than 800 to 1,000 likes organically, so not paid, not boosted, nothing like that. Yep. Come page we're getting more than 40 to 50 comments and likes and shares etc so, so highly engaged public and that's the beauty of the indians you know they like comment share tag do everything yeah. they can um is using the polling system because i put up a couple of polls already uh recently and said hey which city would you like to see us and people were like we want to see you in chennai we want to see you in kolkata we want to see you in um hyderabad so Using those insights and, of course, discussing with the team to lock in a little bit earlier, like, okay, we're only going to do four shows again. Mm. Uh, these two are going to be locked in, for example, and these are two new cities that we're going to add in. Or we're going to add a fifth show or maybe a sixth show and we're going to go here, 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 and here. Yeah, right. Um, that's kind of what it's looking like. I haven't solidified yet, but I'll need to make a schedule earlier. That's another thing I've learned, um, yep. especially around Indian festivals and around school holidays for Australia, for India, yep. because that is a big factor into it with the budgeting side of things, which probably most people won't talk about um, and something that we've experienced this year. You know, a couple of the shows I, I had around peak times and yep. it's similar to Mumbai, peak time. It's around that Diwali time um, and that's the Indian New Year and the Indian Festival. So flights coming into India is wild, especially after COVID. So flights from Singapore into Mumbai, Sing any anywhere, Singapore into Bangalore, X, Y, Z, you know, they're just packed. There's almost no flights left. Wow. Uh, and the reason is because COVID's somewhat subsiding. Things are starting to return back to normality. People are yep. traveling. They want to get back. And with the second most populated country in the world, they probably want to go back to the Festival of Lights. Do I? Mm. Um, the structuring shows at particular times, being a little bit more um, planned around when we do it, what times we do it, that's that's all things I need to take into account and set up the calendar a little bit earlier on and get on top of the planning. Yep. Uh, but as a hint, there's definitely going to be, I would say, three to four shows next year, at least three. Um, and, again, we just want to scale. You know, at the end of the day, as we start building the product, building the brand more, people start trusting and knowing what I see in India is. We've had quite a few big brands approach us now saying, okay, so what's the deal like for next year? What's the calendar year for next year? And they want to get involved. So again, just utilizing those brands to, I guess, scale and yep. 
give back to the athlete. I think ultimately if we can continue to give back to the athlete, give them opportunities, provide an actual career scope for them, whether it's competing professionally or if it's an amateur representing Team India, getting the opportunity to have half your flight sponsored to come and compete in Australia, for example. You know, there's just so many opportunities that I want to provide for the athletes over there. And I think that works both ways where not only will more athletes come because there's more scope and opportunity, but then that will work as a snowball effect, which gives us the opportunity. The more that come, the more we can continue to give back as well. Sounds good, mate. Sounds awesome. Like uh, it's it's certainly great to be involved in a sport where the athlete is number one in terms of priority and experience, um, yep. and they're not just a number getting pushed through because you're paying to be there. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's it's really humbling to to be part of that crew and see that um, and know that you're there for the right reasons, and the athlete is the the end result. Like because without them, we we don't have anything. There Nothing. is no show. Nothing. And I think that's what a lot of people take for granted. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's like, oh, I'm the organizer or with judges or this or that. And I think I'm blessed because we don't have that within. Okay. With, um, we're truly there for the athlete, for each and every single athlete as well, not just the winner or the overall winner. Uh, every athlete in our eyes is equal in yep. terms of the effort and time that they've put in and them being there. We respect each and every single one of them. Um, and then just keep that and give it back. So that's the goal, bro. The next step I can also kind of leak is that I'm trying to set up a foundation. Um, and that will be purely just to give back, obviously a nonprofit, um, just trying to set something up where we can look after the disability athletes a little bit more. Okay. Um, cause I'm sure as you remember that the Delhi show, we had, the honor of having three disability athletes. Um, it's amazing. The term disability is because that's the correct terminology. They don't like specially abled or um, any of that. The, the mm. correct terminology is they like being referred to as a person with disability. Yep. So that's that's why we called it that. I had a lot of people fee- give me feedback and say, Jay, you shouldn't be saying the disability category should be specially abled or, um, you know, something along the lines of that heart, um, dampens that word and then when i spoke to the community and looked it up properly they said no we want to be called disability athletes okay well you know that's, that's yeah correct. if that's their preferred term that's what you go with isn't it you know keep them happy and um you know we want to make sure that we do right by them for sure because they they were amazing they were just nothing short of inspiring it was incredible exactly. and um what what i really want to build on with that is that number one set up a foundation to really help them out if they enjoy competing, giving them the opportunity to travel to compete, yep. even just state because it's expensive. Some of their expenses, uh, obviously, we sponsored them to jump on stage and their tan and everything as well. So all of that would be included as well. But just give them an opportunity to showcase because it is it's so inspiring, bro. It's um, not until you get a small injury, whether it be a shoulder niggle or your knees sore and you can't train, that you start realizing how demotivating it is. And again, yeah. I don't want to be blunt, but imagine not having two arms and two legs and still getting in there somehow and training or any other yeah. one up. the mental willpower that you require to get in there and still do it despite that adversity is just incredible. And I think that needs to be showcased. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I want, I see an India to be that platform where they can feel safe to come and, you know, showcase that this is who we are. This is what we've worked for. Despite what life's thrown at us, we're still here and, what's your excuse, you know, essentially people like stop 
moping around, utilize the time that we have. And yeah, that's, that's one thing that we're doing behind the scenes, setting up a foundation for that. And hopefully that will keep growing and expanding. We really want to utilize that foundation just to give back as much as we can. Um, some other further hints that I can give us in the future, not now, but as we grow, I'd love for our team to go through to villages, which are, uh, you know, on the poorer side of things and hopefully help them set up a gym, a community gym, give them some educational lectures about nutrition, hygiene and fitness, and just give them opportunities in the areas that don't have as much access to resources or anything like that. Like some of these places, Paulie, and we'll, we'll definitely go. That's a plan of mine to take us on the path less traveled, so to speak. Yeah. Um, okay. These athletes in the villages, they're making concrete dumbbells. Mm buckets and their own little lap pull downs and stuff and it's just incredible to see can and i just think like if we can give them some extra knowledge and some financial support to set up a gym and set things up that it's just revolutionary and it's not done just to make us feel good it's done so we can support them and they can grow and that ripple effect just keeps growing so yeah, that's, that's awesome working on um and i don't know if it'll happen next year or the following year but we're working towards it till it happens unreal that's uh, that's highly motivating, mate. Yeah, and I'm down for it. Like it's um, th- like even just having the opportunity to speak at the that university and then the the sports um, uh, college that we went to uh, yeah. those two times. That was really really cool. And and you can see that there's there is a lack of education, particularly around nutrition. But you know if we can obviously deliver some some further insight into that, it's just going to make not only their knowledge better, but their health and their overall fitness better as well. And then like you said, it'll be a ripple effect. So yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. Yep. So that's, that's some of the plans, Paulie. You know, we've got Mumbai coming up, which is going to be great. We've learned some things. Auditorium, so we're going to learn a lot more things as well. Yeah. Then Goa, that's going to be even bigger. Um, and we're just going to keep pushing the boundaries and seeing what we can do. And then next year, hopefully, three to four shows. Three, as I said, as a definite. Yep. Um, maybe a bit of a tour, some new cities, and we'll gauge that. And then um, onwards and upwards. So that's, that's next year. And uh, like I said, in 24 months, so the following year, 2024. We're in 2024. Oh my God, it's getting on. Mate, I'm just like, wow. This is 2022 is already in September, you know? So it's like. I know. I know. 2024, bro. Um, Yeah, same thing. We'll start scaling. We'll just utilize all the knowledge we have. We'll start using the data that we have, using social media for feedback. Again, we largely do try to see what the athletes want. If they say that, hey, we want to show here in this city and there's enough demand for it, we'll, we'll give it to them. Yeah, cool. That's exciting, mate. It's very exciting. Well, we'll wrap it up there. That was um, excellent insight. And obviously, um, I'll probably bring my microphone over to either Mumbai or Goa and we might uh, might pull you aside and do a little bit of a blurb once we're uh, in the thick of it um, and get some more uh, some more feedback. It's always good to get like, – like people see – and, you know, athletes, spectators, whatever, they see the, the front and centre, you know, they see the people on stage, but – the wheels in motion behind a show is just next level. It's crazy what, like you've spoken about, the logistics and the, the moving parts and, you know, you built an entire set from scratch. Um, it's it's incredible what actually goes in. So it shows a bit more appreciation, which then gives the athlete more appreciation for their experience and vice versa. So, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, definitely do that, Oak. Awesome, Paulie. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. Um, looking forward to jump back on. You know, next time we can maybe talk about the in-depth back-end side of things, which is like the costs involved, what we have to do, um, complete behind the scenes. But nonetheless, it's always a pleasure being on here with you, bro. 
Absolutely, absolutely, mate. And um, for anyone listening, if they want to follow along, obviously uh, ICN India are on Instagram. Um, your page is Jay Official, Jay Acharya Official as well. Um, but yeah, get on, follow it because there's big things happening uh, across in India for sure in the for the world of natural bodybuilding. Thanks again, Paulie, for having me. Have a fantastic Thanks, day. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Well, that was awesome. I'd like to thank Jay for his time today. He's a very busy individual. Um, it's a big commitment and a big project to take on organizing events from the other side of the world into a, another foreign country, and he's doing it with tremendous uh, effect and uh, very inspiring too. So if you are interested in or following or watching along, definitely follow ICN India's Instagram handle. That's where the majority of content goes. All the athletes tag that handle. You get to see the progress and the amazing physiques on stage um, with the upcoming shows. As always, if you're interested in any of my coaching services, please jump on paulsbodyengineering.com. I've also got an online shop whereby you can source a lot of educational information through eBooks. I've got uh, plenty of apparel still available as well as training accessories, so please have a look. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day. <laughs>